Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. So today we're going to be talking about um, podcast confessions of an adoption agency director. I thought as we enter this new season of podcasts, I thought it would be a good time for a confessional. Uh, When I am speaking with adoptive families, birth parents, adoptees, or anybody interested in adoption, what people are most interested in or fascinated by is the inside scoop. They want to know what happens behind the scenes the magic formula, the stuff that nobody really wants to talk about and feel like they have a real sense of understanding. I think that is true in a lot of areas of life. I know that when um, one of my daughter's friends is working at a new fast food restaurant or something, I always want to know like, well, what's in the secret sauce? Or, uh, you know, tell me the truth. Is, is this in it? Or, you know what I mean? You always want to be like an insider. I agree. And I think that about every job i think oh that would be interesting to learn more about that we lived in california for a while near anaheim and for a while lisa wanted me to get a job at disneyland and then she started you know talking to people about it and they said no you don't want a job at disneyland because it kills the magic you'd learn too much so this is the opposite of that you want to know how the donuts are made i do i do especially the kind that have the filling so here is the raw and the behind the scenes information. I actually have no inhibitions about sharing this type of information because as we dive into everything, you're going to learn that as an agency, we're very transparent. Transparency is the key to any adoption agency's success. The more adoptive families and birth families can see, understand, You are thereby eliminating the backstage and the more safe and secure and reassured you can help people feel. Nobody or almost nobody, including me, likes surprises. Do you like surprises, Ron? It's it's a mixed bag. I like some surprises. I don't like all surprises. So, But yeah, I understand what you're saying. You want to be prepared for whatever comes and sometimes things come out of the woodwork that you're like, wait, where'd that come from? I'm not ready for that. So... One of the first questions that I often get asked is, is domestic adoption risky? Bottom line, yes, it is. Uh, It is just as risky as infertility or a traditional pregnancy. You know, risk, I think, 
the word in and of itself is an all-encompassing word and there are varying degrees to it. So some adoptions may appear less risky or more risky at various stages in the adoption journey. So we're going to talk a little bit about infertility in, in, in a little bit, but infertility is also risky, just like a normal traditional pregnancy can be risky. You know, you can be pregnant with your biological child, and as you're moving through your pregnancy journey, there can be um, factors that increase your risk. And so is adoption different than that? No. But let's talk about some of the risks that we may encounter. So sometimes adoptions will start off or begin at a, as what we would consider a lower type risk adoption. Uh, but circumstances in the birth family's lives may change, which may make their adoption plan less stable. For example, their financial situation may change into a positive direction. Uh, family members may take issue with their adoption choice, or maybe they didn't form as close of a bond with their adoptive family as they had expected to. Other situations where the birth parents had an adoption plan that we may have had initial concerns about as an agency, but then those risks slowly became eliminated as the journey went on, would include uh, maybe Child Protective Services removed some of the birth mothers of other children, maybe the relationship between the birth mother and the birth father has been terminated, or maybe their situation financially took a turn for the worse. So risks can ebb and flow, I had mentioned that we were going to talk about infertility because a lot of times adoption is compared to infertility. When you cannot biologically have a child without external measures, your choices are adoption, infertility, or choosing to live life without having children. Well, according to the American Pregnancy Association, the success rate depends on a number of factors, including reproductive history, maternal age, the cause of infertility, and lifestyle factors. It's also important to understand that pregnancy rates are not the same as live birth rates. In the United States, the live birth rate for each IVF cycle started as approximately 41 to 43 percent of women under age 35, 33 to 36% for women 35 to 37, 23 to 27% for women ages 38 to 40, and only 13 to 18% for women over 40. And according to CCRM Fertility, the chances of pregnancy will depend on the age of the woman's eggs and many other factors particular to a couple, but on average, only 37% of assisted reproductive cycles for women under 35 result in live births, a chance of success decrease with age. In looking at these numbers, the mm -hmm. standard uh, percentage for domestic adoption, they the average, they say, across the United States. And again, we've talked about before understanding that every agency or attorney will define their success rate by certain factors. And you really want to get clarity on that. But that being said, the standard is 50%. Our agency, Building Arizona Families, is between 70 and 80%. And so sometimes even higher. So if you look at it, is, is domestic adoption risky? Sure. Um, but again, so are a lot of other apps. All right, going on, what situations make me nervous as the adoption agency director about an adoption being successful? 
So do I ever get nervous? Absolutely. Some things that make me nervous in terms of adoptions, having a happy ending, is when we find out that a birth parent has been dishonest or has not disclosed important information. Of course. That obviously makes me question in my head how committed and serious she is towards her adoption process. When an adoptive family says things or acts in a way where the birth parents get offended, uncomfortable or upset, that also really concerns me because that, again, in my mind, is placing the adoption potentially in jeopardy. When an adoptive family becomes entitled and demanding during the adoption journey, this mentality is actually translated and oftentimes picked up by the birth parents. And this does not result in a positive income. You know, all birth parents are looking for four core things. They're looking for respect, trust, love, and commitment. And I would say that those four things are universal for all of us, whether we're a birth parent or not. So there was this one one family that I will never forget. Um, They had matched with a birth mother and a birth father. And so the, the couple was together and they went in to the hospital with the birth parents. Uh, the baby was delivered and the birth parents started to struggle about their adoption choice. And so during the struggle, they had asked the adoptive family to step out so they could have some time to think. And the adoptive family asked them, you know, would you like us to go back to the hotel? Do you want us to stay close? And the, the birth mom said, you know, I really don't want you to leave the hospital. I just, I just want some time. And so the adoptive family went outside the, the hospital door to her room and they sat down, you know, up against the wall and the nurses would come in and out. Everybody knew at that point that the birth parents were really struggling. Our caseworkers gave the, the birth parents time to focus on and, and really decide what was best for them. And so everybody just kind of gave them space. A lot of times this is where adoptive families with all due cause really panic. And sometimes when they panic, they say things or do things that don't help the situation. Even against our advice, they, they still you know want to take it into their own hands and that's where concerns develop. So this adoptive family um, remained very calm. Mm-hmm. And would tell the nursing staff, no, we don't eat anything. We're fine. Same with our staff. They were like, no, we're good. You guys just keep on going. We're fine. We're fine. Uh, They waited out there for 12 hours. Oh, my God. And again, their attitude was just as positive at hour 12 as it was at hour one. That is incredible. They must have been supporting each other as well then in that because I'm sure each of them individually had times of weakness where they're like, we've got to go in there and do something. And the other said, no, no they didn't appear to be, I mean, really? they, they, they were very cohesive. This mm-hmm. was their first child. Uh, they were, they were a very cohesive married couple. Cool. And yes, they were very supportive of each other. And what was so beautiful about it is when a couple takes that stand of, we understand that this is hard. We understand that you're struggling and we support you even during your struggle and honor your choice. So at the end of the 12 hours, the birth parents called them back into the room and they had found peace in their adoption choice and their journey. Mm -hmm. And they moved on and continued and the adoption went through without a hitch. They were ready. Mm -hmm. They were. Had that not happened, 
the way, had they been knocking on the door, asking to see the baby, you know, starting to really question everything, that vibe is, goes off, you know, and nobody wants to be pressured, especially in an adoption situation, because that's where, you know, if, if there's coercion, it, it can be overturned and we don't want any of that happening. Mm -hmm. So they handled it beautifully. And that was a really hard 12 hours. That was really, really hard. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure it was hard for everybody, you know, <laughs> just yeah. pins and needles for everybody. Now, I imagine you tell that story to potential adoptive families on a regular basis. But yes, I can't imagine that. I mean, some pe how do you impart that wisdom to somebody who just doesn't have it? You know, I mean... You know, I think finding peace in a place where there is no peace, and at that moment there wasn't for them, mm -hmm. I think that's where you have to dig deep inside yourself and find some either source of faith or find something that will just calm you down. You know, I've seen people pull out, you know, essential oils and they're smelling them, <laughs> I, you know, anything to just bring that anxiety down. Right. Uh, I think, though, that by having a good attitude and and saying you know no matter what we're going to support these birth parents even if they choose to parent that's their choice mm -hmm. and so because they were so positive and so loving and so real in the and raw in their emotions they had a great outcome wow and a lot of times you just need to have you know families settle down when there are those moments of uncertainty and when you're dealing with families that that don't handle crisis well, mm -hmm. that don't handle the surprises and the roller coaster well. They really need more time prior to the adoption plan or being matched or the baby being born of really being able to settle themselves down. Because when you come in like a bull in a china shop, it really off throws everything. So I would say the best advice that I could give to adoptive families is really before you begin your adoption journey, find a way to settle yourself down, find your your center of peace. And again, some people find that in faith, some people find that meditating, some people find that in their spouse. And they're able, like you said, to just really together connect and, and be able to be that that stability for each other. One other thing is is sometimes what scares me or makes me nervous or what I think about is, you know, Birth parents, you've heard stories and read it on Google and seen it on Lifetime movies. Oh, the birth mother wasn't honest or the birth father wasn't honest. Sometimes it's the adoptive families. Mm -hmm. And we've had situations where we've had to exit birth mothers, birth fathers, adoptive moms, adoptive fathers out of our program because they weren't honest. And rather than as an agency looking at stereotypes and stigmas, we look at the whole picture. You know, we have had situations where applications were not filled out correctly by both sides. Uh, we've also had situations where they both were not forthright, both the adoptive families and the birth parents. It is startling to hear that sometimes adoptive families are not honest in their home study or they're not honest in their application. And so I think what I really want to get out there in terms of the behind the scenes is you got to look at the whole picture. It's not just the stereo and stigma of birth parents, both adoptive parents and birth parents are equally nervous. That's the one thing that people don't realize. 
birth parents are not as stigmatized or stereotyped as being nervous like the adoptive family is, but they are. They're both nervous about being accepted by the opposite party, the commitment of the opposite party. You know, if the birth mother is using drugs during her pregnancy, she may be very worried that something may be wrong with the baby. And, you know, is the adoptive family going to stay in the adoption and love the baby unconditionally as if they were delivering their own child? Uh, Funding. Both sides worry about funding. You know, the birth mother is worried that her funding is going to continue after the delivery for six weeks. And the family is sometimes worried because there are sometimes unexpected expenses. And so they worry about the funding or maybe they're using grants. Both sides are worried about the baby's health. I would say equally. And the committed adoptive parents, sometimes you see things that are just a light. You know, you're, you're going through and, you know, you're doing adoption after adoption. And sometimes there'll be a note in the doctor's uh, medical records. that will say, you know what, we are concerned. We need to do more tests. And you have the families that panic and say, you know, we don't know if we can proceed depending on what the results are. And then you have the other families that say, this is our child or will be our child. There are no guarantees in life. Even if this was our biological child, there's no guarantees. We're in. We love the birth mother. We love the baby. We're here. Those are the ones that send chills up your spine because those families, you can feel good about the adoption no matter what the outcome. Uh, Also, both sides are nervous about the post-adoption communication agreement. They want to make sure that it's followed. If you are an adoptive family and you are doing an open adoption, you want that birth mother to be a part of your life and your child's life. And the birth mother wants to make sure that you're going to follow through as an adoptive parent on the post-adoption communication as well. The next topic is one that is a little controversial um, and one that I have been looked at kind of, I get that surprised look when we talk about birth parents returning. I am not of the mindset that it is celebratory when a birth parent returns to do a second adoption. I do feel very grateful that they chose our agency again, but our goal is when a birth mother has placed a baby for adoption, that she then leaves the agency in a better place than she came. And we want her to be successful in her own life and move on and accomplish great things. When we find her coming back into the program, it means that she is still in a place where she's choosing not to parent and she's, you know, she is pregnant again. And maybe this was an unplanned pregnancy again. So we, as an agency will encourage and offer birth control to every birth mother before she leaves the agency. We'll actually pay for them to receive birth control. If their insurance doesn't cover it, we developed our aftercare program, the Donna K Evans foundation to further ensure that they are able to leave the program in a better place than when they came in. But if we've taken these measures and they find themselves pregnant and are choosing to make another adoption plan, we are so elated and it is such a compliment that they're choosing us again. It means that we did a good job the first time. And yes, we definitely try to keep the siblings together. So we always offer the adoptive family, if they're able and willing, to be the uh, adoptive family for this child as well. Again, assuming the adoptive family is, is ready and willing. But overall, I really want to put it out there that, yes, adoption agencies, it is a business. But first and foremost, it's a social service agency. 
and we're there to help women move out of the situation that they're in and make their lives better. It's not so that they will come back and do another adoption. It's so that they can be and achieve the very same dreams and goals that they're choosing for their baby to receive. And I think that it's really important to remember, first and foremost, that as a nonprofit social service agency, our goals are very different than a regular business. Our goals are the success of women. And we want them to succeed because that shows that we're doing a great job. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. If you're listening and you're dealing with an unplanned pregnancy and want more information about adoption, Building Arizona Families is a local Arizona adoption agency and available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. That's 623-695-4112. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or just get you more information. You can also find out more information about Building Arizona families on their website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thanks also go out to Grapes for allowing us to use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Birth Mother Matters in Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to us. We'd really appreciate it. We also now have a website at birthmothermatterspodcast.com. Tune in next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Raines.